630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Drysaddle wins the faceoff. Here's Barry to Nurse up the left-hand side. Pooley Harvey, one touch. McDavid, a two-on-one with Drysaddle. One-timer, score! Right on cue, Leon Drysaddle buries it, and Edmonton takes its first lead. Three to two. The Oilers rally in the third and have a 4-2 win over the Winnipeg Jets tonight. That was the game winner, Leon Dreisaitl. The play started with a face-off in the Oilers' end of the rink. You heard Jack's entire call. They get the puck up ice quickly. McDavid to Dreisaitl. Big one-timer. That was with 10-24 left in the third. Devin Shore would add an empty netter. Darnell Nurse had scored earlier in the third period, so the Oilers take it 4-2. They are 21 and 13 on the season. When it comes to points, they are tied with Toronto for first in the North. When it comes to points percentage, the Leafs still with a bit of an edge, 656 to 618 for Edmonton. Hey, hope you've had a great Saturday night. It's 1053. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, we'll start with our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. It's always there if they want to go to it. And Tippett went to it to start the third period. Well, they weren't getting a whole lot out of their second, third, and fourth lines tonight, the others. They weren't creating as much offense as they were hoping for. They were down a goal in the game, and Dave Tippett has that option. Why not go to it? And, and they were dominant. They scored the two even strength goals. Could have had a couple other, as they had a couple other good opportunities. Uh, Leon was kind of left on his own over the first 40 minutes not having Yamamoto on his line they put him up with Connor and and magic happened and the the Winnipeg Jets have two elite scoring lines as well but the one line Shifley who was matched up against Connor McDavid for the last two games their line was completely shut down Uh, Shifley and and uh, Wheeler spent most of the time in their own zone and right there you're taking away a big chunk of the offense of the Winnipeg Jets playing it uh, in the third period they put match mcdavid up against him and uh, wheeler gets caught in the middle of the ice loses mcdavid mcdavid goes in finds dry settle for the backdoor goal so yeah dave tippett has that option at all times down a goal going into the third period seemed like a pretty good time to throw them out there yeah and the Oilers had to fight back in this one cop got a power play goal 10:36 into the first, that was the double def- deflection. Ehlers shot it off Larson, off Cop. You thought it might have even Did hit Nuge, Nuge, too. Nuge as well on on the way in, and then Pierre Luc Dubois got a deflection goal with about five, four and a half minutes left in the first period. McDavid scored late in the first. And that was a big one because I think it energized the Oilers a little bit. It did. It, there's a huge difference going in after a period down two goals or down one and you just scored the, the last goal. Uh, you got, you're a little excited in the dressing room. You know, okay, we got off to a slow start. We just scored. You know, we, we feel it coming on. Whereas in Winnipeg's uh, dressing room between periods, they're thinking, oh, we had a two-goal lead. We could have just eased into the first period in intermission with that two goals. Instead, you know, McDavid got loose. Now we're only up by one. We're one bounce away from them being back in it. Different mindset. So you never want to allow a team to sit on a lead for a long period. And the fact that McDavid quickly responded, got them within one, gave the Oilers life. There's a couple big moments in this game. The McDavid goal where he scored to cut the lead in two. And then in the uh, at the end of the, was it the end of the second period where DeMello had a wide open net. 
And again, what if it extended a lead? They would have had a two-goal lead going into the third. So two big moments, both go the Oilers' way, and because of that, they get uh, an important two points against the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, just a, a crazy sequence with Smith going out to knock down the puck behind the net, and he's going no matter what, and we know his attitude. We played the clip during the mm-hmm. second period. Oddly enough, he was asked this morning about Marty Turco telling him early in his career, if you make a mistake... Do not stop going out to play the puck. Don't show the other team that you know you made a mistake. Don't show your teammates that now you're tentative. Keep going to get it. <laughs> so we know he's always going to go to get it. And I, I mean, and then that was like he goes out to stop ones where you think, oh, he's never going to stop it. And sometimes they go by him, but that was one where he chopped it out of the air and the bounce led to some trouble. Yeah, it ended up poorly for him, but he came back and made the diving save in front. It, you ever? It's funny the. The desperation play that that makes highlights is usually made by the guy who made the mistake in the first place. And on that one, bad bounce, bad break, he comes out, dives. Very fortunate that Ehlers wasn't the one whacking the puck in because he's about to hit it too, and he was on his forehand. It's funny, when I watch pucks get dumped in and Mike Smith goes out, if the puck gets past Mike Smith, I've said, okay, no goalie in the league could have got it. And it's that simple. He is by far, and I don't think there's anyone even close uh, the best at retrieving pucks coming in that are shot around and then moving pucks. Uh, the the disparity tonight between what we saw with Mike Smith and, and Hellenbuck in the other end, there was three or four times where he, Hellenbuck stopped the puck and then just kind of pushed it to one of his defensemen who already had a guy on him and just created more trouble for his defenseman where Mike Smith continually gets his defenseman out of trouble by moving the puck up to a winger, moving it up outside of the zone. Actually, I was going to... I was thinking as I was coming here tonight, I was going to count how many times Mike Smith stopped the puck and got it out of his own zone mm-hmm. during the course of the game, but then <laughs> then I got I forgot. But I'm I going to want to do this one game because that's how many times he gets the others out of trouble over the course of a hockey game, and I have imagined it is quite a few times. Oilers take it 4-2. I was just looking at the, the postgame summary, and I saw the penalty minutes. 16 for the Jets, and I'm thinking 16 minutes. I don't know if you noticed, at the end of the game, the puck bounced to Blake Wheeler, Mm. and he grabbed it with his glove, and skating to the bench, he disgustedly threw it into the stands, sort of uh, inside the Oilers' blue line. They gave him a 10-minute misconduct for that. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, Louis was saying that. Louis DeBrusque was was talking about it. I didn't see it. Um, To me, that's why. I mean, I, I I thought the referees had an off night. I really did. I thought both ways. I think both teams at the end of the night are probably thinking, okay, I didn't understand some of the calls that were made. I certainly don't understand why some weren't. And then at the end of the game, there's no fans in the stands. You could throw all your equipment in the stands. It's not going to affect anything. <laughs> so emotion is part of the game. It was a, a, a tough two-game set for the Winnipeg Jets. If someone tosses the play, why? To me, why? I don't understand why that's a call. Yeah, to me, it reminds me of the uh, the shootout a few years ago when the Oilers had had a potential game-winning goal disallowed on a video review, and then McDavid scored in the shootout and pointed to the video or you know put it yeah. in the press box but and then said to the refs check the tape check the tape and they, <laughs> then they gave him a i think they, they actually the wheelers actually says it's a game misconduct yeah well that but connor's actually said abusive officials well okay the connor made i mean that one makes more sense at least he was showing up a referee this one what do you do you're hurting a puck 
I mean, the puck's got feelings, and all of a sudden it bounces off a chair, and it's sort of like, that is just dumb. I don't care. <laughs> it's going to hurt the Seriously, chair's feelings. I don't, that's, I, great. that's just a terrible, terrible call. I mean, it makes sense. So the referees had an off night, and they finished just as badly as they started. <laughs> there, There's my two cents. I don't usually go off on the refs, but that's dumb. It's funny because <laughs> I was talking to Mike Civic before the game, and we were talking about something rare that happened in a game last week. And he said he actually had to check the rule book and realize that it has been changed since he retired. I've done lots but I of... Wonder, I, wonder if, cause I wonder if we check the rule book if there's actually something about... A, there might be about a, a player throwing a, a, a yeah, object com- into the crowd. But well, common sense, saying, like seriously, <laughs> come on. Somebody actually just had to type that up at some point. That's so dumb. And you know, it's all in the legalese, that, like in the <laughs> rule book. Shall a player take an object from the gaming surface and propel it using a stick or an appendage. What language are you going with that's that le- one? That's legalese. That's oh. how they talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, my legalese friend over there, yeah. But still, at the end of the day, it's dumb. Actually, I've done a lot of events with Mike Civic. He uh, is a good storyteller and uh, a big storyteller because he's about six foot 12. He is a big, big man. I've been, I think I had him my entire career. I, I think I had him in junior. I had him in the, in the NHL my entire career. And he was a great guy that if anything ever broke up or everything broke out on the ice, he would come in, take you with one hand, lift you, move you to another, said, okay, Robbie, you just go stand over there. We don't need you getting hurt. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Mr. Civic. So some of those uh, the, the officials have great stories, and yep. you don't usually hear them till after they're retired. And what's the? Uh, I think I think it was it was Kerry Fraser tells the story about George Larac that Larac earlier in the game had beat a guy one on one and almost scored, and then later in the game Larac was like ready to fight a guy, and Kerry was just like, "Hey, what are you doing? Like that was a great move out of the corner. <laughs> you don't need to fight guys anymore." And Larac was just kind of like, "Oh." Okay. okay, thanks. I, well, they Kerry, probably fought later in the game. Probably. I had Kerry Fraser when I was, I think, 15, 16. He, he came to a camp, like an, an under-16 camp, and he sat and talked to us. And some advice that he gave me that stuck with me my whole career, he said, you can say anything you want to a referee. If you're unhappy with a call or something that's going on or just the way he's refed, you can say anything you want to him as long as you do it under your breath, in a conversational tone, and no one else knows what you're saying. But he says, as soon as you make a, a point of showing him up, you raise your voice, you lift your hands, uh, or everybody knows that you are openly questioning him, that's a penalty. But if you want to come up and swear at him and tell him, you know what, you know what I think about that last call, Kerry? As long as you do it in a, in a normal voice, all right, I, I disagree with you, Rob, but uh, we'll keep an eye out for it. And he, it was really good and for my whole, well, I was going to say I'd always do that, but no, sometimes I was stupid and got 10-minute misconducts for showing the referee up. But... If I had listened to Kerry Fraser, I wouldn't have had as many dumb penalties in my career. Anyway, the Oilers win at 4-2 over the Jets. Michael wants to know on the text line, 780-496-0063. That's also the same number for the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials. If Connor McDavid keeps up his current pace, will he reach 100 points? Well, he has 60 points in 34 games. I just did the the pace. That's a 98.8-point pace. Yeah, he's got to pick it up. He actually has. Because <laughs> I, I mean, when people were talking about before the season, I laughed it off, and I was like, okay. Well, there's a, a Connor's playing as good as he's ever played. Um, I think some of the disappointment uh, of last year, the, pl- uh, the play-in series or the playoffs or whatever you call it, I think has spurred him on. I think he's healthier. 
now. I think the fact that all the players had a long time to train for the start of the season, uh, the guys that took advantage of it are in the best shape of their lives because they're well-rested going into their training season, and then they had a, an extended one. And let's face it, the, the Northern Division is not a defensive division. This is a goal-scoring division. Uh, you're not going up against the, the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Vegas Golden Knights or, or teams that can shut you down defensively, teams that will play two-one hockey games. So uh, offensive players should have an advantage in the Northern Division, and there's no better offensive player in the National Hockey League than Connor McDavid, and he's taken full advantage of it. And it's it's fun to watch and i i honestly don't think there is a number that you can put on and say all right here's as good as he's going to get because he can exceed anything every time he steps on the ice you feel he can score a goal or you he can set up a play or they're going to get a grade a scoring chance and maybe we're watching this season maybe this is the year that people look back and say i remember the year they played 56 games that shortened year and Connor mcdavid did this and yeah, we're going to be here to see he still had 100-point. Yeah, yeah. And that's funny because he actually didn't get to 100 last year. Well, he played too many games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Oilers win 4-2. Whenever they get to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That's presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Okay, we'll bring you head coach Dave Tippett when we get back. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. All right, three goals in the third period for the Edmonton Oilers. They beat the Jets 4-2, so their record on the season is now 21-13. The Jets are 18-11-2. It's the first time all season that they have lost back-to-back games in regulation time. Let's go to the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Dave Tippett. Hey Dave, can you hey. just uh, start with a thought on that win? A pretty gutsy effort from your team to come back uh, against a pretty good Winnipeg Jets team. Yeah, I thought it was a really competitive game. You know, we uh, we got down. The first power play goal is one that just it bounced off two or three shin pads and goes in, and then the second one is a double deflection. So we're down two nothing, but I thought it was a fairly even period. And uh, you know, the goal by Connor to get it back to two one. Was a was a huge goal for us just to just to give us some momentum. Second period was pretty tight, and then uh, you know third period we we capitalized on a couple chances and and kind of competed the rest of the way. And Schmidt closed the door, so it was it was a good win. Uh, Mike Smith made some big saves there to keep it from getting to three one. Because how yeah. big is that? The- to just have the one goal deficit going into the third. Well, that's you're looking for timely saves. Your goaltender can make saves, but it's timely saves that uh, seem to matter the most in the game. So those are ones that, that came at the right time and allowed us the opportunity to come back in the game. So, uh, you know, that's what Schmitty's played very well for us all year. He's made made big saves. He You know, he gives our team some juice. So he, he played very well tonight and was a big part of the win. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, it's been eight weeks, and your, your team's 18 and 7 in that time. You know, you talk about it, you preach it, hey, we need to be better defensively, specifically 5-on-5 five five and reducing your goals against. And you've done that now pretty convincingly for two months. As a coach, you know, you can come up with the system, but when the players, you know, really start buying in and believing it, do you notice that as a coach, like, I don't know if it makes coaching easier, but like, are they more receptive? Is it 
Is it easier now because they see the rewards of, of their hard work in the system? That, that's exactly what it is. Uh, is they see, you know, we've had some success and wins, and they've they, you know, we reinforce the things that we're doing uh, to allow us to win, and they see the results and. Uh, you know, we got a, we got a really good group. They they want to win bad. They want to be a good team, and they want to get better. And they know that we have to get better if we're going to be a good playoff team. So um, they continue to push, continue to get better. And you know, it's it's from a coaching standpoint, you love to see the results come with some of the things that the work that they're putting in. They're getting rewarded for it. So in that sense, like you say, it's coaching doesn't become easier, but it's the the players. They digest it a lot quicker. Jim Matheson. On any team, usually, you know, your best players have to be your leaders. Maybe not every night, but for the majority. And definitely McDavid and Drysaddle have been that for many years. But Darnell Nurse this season, Dave, has, like, every part of his game, defensively, offensively, he's got 10 goals now. And mm-hmm. he scored, like, goal scorers, goals. Have we maybe under appreciated just how important he's been to your team this year he's played like a legit number one defense no he's he's been he's been very very good and especially you know this year coming in uh he knew that there was extra pressure on him with clap being out and he's stepped up and not just his play he's he's played very very well but his leadership i i really uh i've really been impressed with like you say our leadership group is 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 connor and leon and and nurse and larson and uh, and uh, nugent hopkins have been phenomenal they you know we just talked about driving how we want to play and driving the you know the identity of our team those are the guys that drive it not not a coaching staff or um so those are the guys you know nurses become a real big part of that but they're the guys driving it and it's it's great to see they're they're good people and they're they want to win bad jim matheson post media uh dave you mentioned mike smith earlier uh, a couple of great saves in the second period as he doped on tv he was in the highlight reel, but usually that's because he's out of position. So that glove save, and then they'll save with uh, half a second left in the second period, kind of kept you from falling two goals down. Very big save. Yeah, those are, I said all along, Smitty's one of the best athletes I've ever coached, and you saw it on display there tonight. You know, he... Uh... He's, you know, I, I just mentioned it. he makes timely saves. I've seen him play like this for a long time, and uh, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's just, he's in a group. He's playing very well, and uh, he's a big part of our team. And as he's 39 years old, but obviously the, the calendar doesn't matter with Mike. He's, no, he's, he's playing like he's 29. He, he, his fitness levels are off the charts. Like he's, I've said this many, many times, like he's, I've had, it, had him since he was a rookie, and I've got him at 39, and he's uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's, he's one of the top pure athletes that I've ever coached, and he's still a pure athlete. Like, he's he's fit. He's He might be 39, but his body isn't 39. Well, he turns 39 on Monday. Let's give him two more days yeah, to enjoy see, 38. They don't understand. When, when we're older, we don't, we don't, don't give us the old age quicker <laughs> than it already is coming. So, uh, incredible. Um compliments being paid to to mike smith and his a athleticism b his his fitness uh and, and i i think that we are i we're, we just talked a little bit a while ago a little while ago how 
this is it. Maybe we're going to sit back and think about the year that Connor McDavid had. Also, maybe we're going to sit back at, at season's end or, or in years go by where we say, you remember the season that Mike Smith put together at age 39? Uh, we've taken how many phone calls over the last number of weeks, months, last year about how the Oilers needed to improve in net. They had to go out and get a number one starter. They got to trade for this guy or for that guy. And Mike Smith, we've seen out-duel every goaltender that he's faced this year except maybe one or two nights where he wasn't the better goalie in net and uh, again tonight he, he looked comfortable he looked confident uh, i know that at the end of the second period i think it was jack that said you know you know which goalie is going to crack mike smith can't allow another goal if the others are going to come back and win this hockey game and he didn't and uh, he's it's he's having a special season in a year that people thought had gone off the rails you know nine games into the year and you know Mike Smith he's too old he's already injured we don't you know Koskinen he's he's not good enough to carry the load you have to go out and get a goaltender mistakes were made by the GM by not having a goaltender protect the Oilers and here we are right now I mean we got arguably arguably the hottest goaltender in the league outside of Vegas right now playing for the Edmonton Oilers Mike Smith was exceptional again tonight well, he's 11-3 and three with a 922 save percentage. And I, I gave some of the stats on, on the face-off show, but if, uh, if you look at save percentage, goals against average, wins, and shutouts, he's in the top 12 in every category. So that's the top third of the league. And I understand, yes, he's older, and I understand he had a really bad spell last mm-hmm. season, which was now 15, 16 <laughs> months ago when he had that spell. So... You know, you know, I get it. There, there's questions about the future of goaltending, but I, I agree with you. Enjoy the season and give him credit because right now, most of the goaltenders that we hear people saying, well, they should try to get this guy, they should try to get this guy, would not be an upgrade on the current edition of Mike oh, Smith. No, well, outside of two or three goalies in the NHL, no one's an upgrade on what Mike Smith is doing. And, and you also, what is more amazing about the stats that you just talked about for Mike Smith being in the top 10 or top 12, and I go back to what I said about how Connor McDavid's having this fantastic year, fantastic year playing in a very offensive division. Well, Mike Smith is having an incredible season as a goaltender playing in that same division. This is a high-scoring division, and he's putting up numbers that would be very good in in a defensive division, in, in a t- in a division where the games are two one and three two every night. Yeah, Mike Smith's doing that in a in a division where you know s- looking on the scoreboard, six or seven goals being scored by one of the teams in the division isn't uncommon. So he's having a great year, and it it, it doesn't matter how good Connor McDavid is, or how great a season Leon has, or the the incredible. Uh, 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 resurgence or the incredible year that Darnell Nurse is throwing together. You're not going anywhere in the regular season and certainly not in the playoffs unless you have a capable goalie. And we saw that a few years ago. Connor McDavid won MVP of the season uh, but Cam, or of the year, but Cam Talbot was the reason the Oilers made the playoffs because Connor was just as good, if not better, the next year, and the Oilers wrote because Cam Talbot wasn't as good. You need good to great goaltending and right now and for the entire season under with Mike Smith he has given you great goaltending each and every night. We'll go to the Certainteed Hotline as the Oilers win 4-2 over the Jets 780-496-0063 Jamie's on the line Hi Jamie, go ahead Hey guys, how's it going? Good, Good. Right on, uh, main reason why I wanted to call in tonight is uh, 
I just thought when it was 2-1 with uh, 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 Nikolai Ehlers there with the hit Zach Cassian put on him, and, uh, you know, it might have been a bit late, but just the way that Ehlers went down and covered his head like that, um, to me, was kind of like... I, I don't know. This kid was like he was trying to draw something, like, and then he was up on the bench just fine, like a few minutes later. And I thought that might have been a bit of a turning point. But uh, yeah, that's about all I got. But have a good night, guys. Okay, thanks for that, Jamie. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Corey from Vancouver Island writes in. He says, first of all, Reed, your legalese accent is horrible. It needs a deeper bellow. Well, I appreciate that. Have something to work on. Second, Pugliarby is better each and every game. He's going to be a star. And third, once Yamamoto back, the Oilers have five of their top six. Who do you see as that sixth man? Well, that is a great question, and I don't know if there's an easy answer. I really don't. I think that the Oilers have uh, five that they can count on each and every night, and everything else is a Band-Aid. It's, okay, who's going to be, who's playing well right now? Who's uh, on a bit of a streak? Who can we move up there? I think that that is something that the Oilers would love to address because they don't, they do not have right now, I believe, a legitimate top six consistent player they've got guys they can fit in Archibald can move up every once in a while Tyler Randis has the capabilities of playing there uh, here and there uh, Cahoon's had a long stretch but it hasn't put up the points that you need and I mean he's playing with last year's Art Ross winner he's last year's MVP in Leon Dreisettle and I think Cahoon's got what nine points on the year and he on the same the same year that Leon Dreisettle has 50 they're line mates. So I, I don't know who, who what the answer is. I honestly don't. And uh, that's something that may be addressed here in the next, how many was it, three weeks now till the trade deadline? Something like that, a little over three weeks. April 12th, yeah. Maybe that's something that is addressed there because I don't know on the current Oiler roster if they've got that one guy that they can say, that is who we need in my top six. And obviously they don't have anyone they particularly are fond of because it seems that every guy that has played on the left side with Leon this year at one time has been on the taxi squad. So the Oilers take it 4-2. The other games in the Canadian division tonight, Montreal finally wins a game that was tied after 60 minutes after losing the first nine, 5-4 in a shootout against the Canucks. The Maple Leafs blank the Flames 2-zip. It was Campbell with the clean sheet as we update the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Coyotes over the Ducks 5-1. Blues beat the Sharks 5-2. Dallas shuts out Detroit 3-0. Blue Jackets in a shootout 3-2 over the Hurricanes. Islanders take it to the Flyers 6-1. It has not been a great few days for the Philadelphia Flyers. They did sneak well, away the in between. After, they yeah. did, but that's 5-1, 9-0. That's 14-1 in two of the three well, six games. 6-1, yeah, 15-1. Was it 6-1 It tonight? was 6-1. Did I say 5-1? It was 6-1, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's... Uh, Goaltending has been a bit of an issue for Philadelphia for a lot of years. Unfortunately, Hart has not had the season he was hoping for this year. Rangers 3-1 over the Capitals. The Lightning get their 22nd win of the year, 4-1 against Chicago. Avalanche whip the Wild 6-0. Panthers over the Predators 2-zip. Penguins win 3-1 against New Jersey. The Oilers farm team they were down 6-3 after two and bakersfield wins at 8-6 they're a pretty good story this year the oil kings are 6-0 knocking off the red deer rebels 3-1 okay we'll finish the play with robert when we get back to heartland ford overtime open line
So in the first period, it was Cop on the power play, then Dubois, then McDavid, his 21st of the season. That ties Austin Matthews for the league lead in goals. Second period, scoreless. In the third, Nurse gets his 10th. Dreisaitl gets his 18th. Shore gets his second. It was an empty netter. Nurse has 10 goals in 34 games. That ties his career high from the 18-19 season when he played all 82 games. He's playing well. He really is. Now, another big question mark before the season started. Can Darnell Nurse fill the shoes of Oscar Clefbaum? Can he move up, play, you know, first pairing minutes, play, play on the power play? Can he penalty kill? Can he do all those things? Well, they've been answered through the first half of the season. He's been excellent. He, uh, we, he always played with anger in his game, and we felt that, you know, he could be a good second pairing defenseman, shut down the other team's top players, but there was questions whether he could bring the offensive side at this level. And I don't think anyone's questioning it anymore. Uh, that was a great shot. I know the Bob thought that maybe Hellebuck should have had that. That was a great shot. He got to walk right in. He actually looked like he handcuffed himself a little bit when he went to shoot the puck, double-clutched it, but put it exactly where he wanted to. Great shot uh, and just a continuation of a, a wonderful wonderful season. And there's so many fun storylines for the Oilers this year. There's the the year that Connor's having, the year that Smith's having in net, and Darnell Nurse, he can't be can't be overlooked either. He's having a whale of a season and He's just going to continue to improve on his career best here over the final 20-some games. McDavid up to 60 points. Dreisaitl up to 50 as the Oilers beat Winnipeg 4-2. Our hotline presented by Certain Teed, professional-grade building materials. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Good. Uh, I mean, you know what? Honestly, I think if uh, if somebody had told me at the start of the season that uh, – that Smith was going to go 11 and three out of in his first 14. I don't think I would have believed it, but I mean he's he's put he he's putting together quite a run. I mean I, I'm thinking I mean if if Smith if Smith gets us into the playoffs and we we go we go on any kind of run if he if he doesn't get some if he doesn't get some consideration for the Vesna that that would be that that would be almost a crime in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, I'm sure he's going to be. Uh, get recognition if he continues to play the way he's been playing. I think right now the Vezina is in the back pocket of Fleury in Vegas, who's having a, an incredible season, uh, considering he was supposed to be the backup for Vegas this year, and he's having an all-world year. But Smith has been a great story, and one of the reasons that the Oilers are where they are in the standings has been the play of Mike Smith. He, I think Bob said maybe one game this year, where he might have been considered having an off night. Every other game he's played, he's given them a, a chance to win. And tonight he outdueled uh, last year's Vezina Trophy winner. Mike Smith was a better goalie tonight. Robert, we're going to finish the play with you. You already have a Hungry Herd premium sampler box being delivered to you. Heck, might come at 1 in the morning. You better stay up. <laughs> Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices, Alberta owned and operated. That would be cool that like, if as soon as I read that, they sent the delivery guy out. Oh, imagine you're sitting in your house and you're reading that and all of a sudden Robert's <laughs> oh. doorbell rings. Oh, my God, he's here. Edgy, <laughs> uh, uh, what do you have? Nurse trying to hang on to Ehlers, forced a bad pass. Nugent Hopkins rifled netward by Devin Shore. Bullseye! All right, Devin Shore, second of the season. He scored earlier this year against Montreal, Robert. Was that also an empty netter, or was it possibly shorthanded? 
That was shorthanded. It was. He stole it at the blue line, went in and scored. Robert Jardim's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's presented by PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. And Bob and Jack referenced it a few times or talked about how well Devon Shore has played. I, I agree. I think Devon Shore has been a nice addition to the Oilers. I think that he understands his role uh, and is one of those guys. A number of the players in the lineup tonight, they understand that there's a taxi squad. They know there's a lot of players that uh, are unable to dress and any given night for the Edmonton Oilers, and every one of those players are, are finding a niche, finding a, a, a role on this team and trying to keep themselves in the lineup. Devin Shore is one of those guys. I, I think the depth players that the Oilers have put together in their lines over the last little while have done an excellent job of understanding what their role is and playing it to a tee. Yeah, I, I think that's a big transformation for the team this year. And, of course, there are some nights where y- you wish they, they could have scratched out a goal or two. Fair enough, because you see, you know, the Jets third line offensively is is pretty deadly certainly toronto's and uh you know tip always references that that uh, st louis boston stanley mm-hmm. cup final how good the depth players were but it's it's uh it's a i mean you know we especially that year hitch was coaching i mean it was the big three and a couple of decent guys and then it was like fifth and sixth liners it was like yep. so at, at least you can get that even play out of the depth guys most of the time and then you know sometimes they're chipping in a goal well and you're looking in down the middle and and bob and jack were talking about going into montreal and how the the others have a huge advantage down the middle and you started thinking you know after leon and connor Kara has certainly turned his season if not career around over the last month the way he's played and gaetan haas i thought he had another excellent game every time he plays he just seems like he gets a little better i i think there's some offensive prowess in his game that eventually you're going to see okay wow look at the play he just made i think he's got more offensively than we've seen thus far but i think the oilers depth players are turning out to be better than than we had hoped and better certainly better than we saw than early in the season when there was the the fire alarms are going off oh no the, the others are all minus players the others depth isn't any good the others depth is one of the reasons the others is continuing to win they're getting scoring from their top two lines but their third and fourth lines are doing a very good job defensively penalty killings starting to get better still got some warts yep. there but uh i i i'm looking at the teams now we've now seen all the teams enough times in the northern division and uh, Toronto was the favorite coming in. I've said many times I think Winnipeg was one top four defenseman away from being the team to beat. But now after seeing them, I don't know if there's much different on any given night between Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. I think that they are all fairly close to equal, and that's what's going to make the rest of the season fun to see. I think your goal is to win the division now. I used always used to say let's just make the playoffs, but if you win the division, then you only have to play against one of the other two teams. If you come in second or third, you're going to have to go through two. I think it's a much easier way to move to the next, to the final four by winning the division. You only have to go through one of the top three teams once. Ken says, love having Cassian back in the lineup. Two tidy games for the bottom six, playing even, giving McDavid and Dreisaitl a chance to win the games. Puliarvi continues to get better, especially in his own end. I can't count the number of times he was the first man back on the back check, stopping on pucks and causing a ruckus defensively. These are the wins that good teams get, and Ken gets a bonus point for using the word ruckus in a <laughs> written message. 780 496 
Darcy has called in tonight. Hey, Darcy, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to read off some stats here. So after the first nine games of the season uh, for each team, uh, the standings was Toronto at 14, Montreal at 14, Winnipeg at 10, Calgary at 9, Vancouver at 8, Edmonton at 6, Ottawa at 3. Since those nine games, I know that the games played isn't even, but still, the gap is there. Edmonton, 36 points. Toronto, 28. Winnipeg, 28. Vancouver, 27. Calgary, 24. Montreal, 23. Ottawa, 21. So, since if you take up the, the first nine games, like the team is ahead, even if you had the other teams win all of their, their games in hand. So, I just want to say, man, like this is exciting. Like, we've been waiting for this for so long. Um, I'm not going to call in about individual players or anything. Actually, I do want to make one comment. The last game against Ottawa, McDavid showed his captaincy. Uh, Jujar was drawing off with someone at the very end of the game. The game was over. You watch McDavid walk down the hallway. He sees, he hears Jujar um, melting off. You see him turn around. He starts coming back. Kara makes eye contact, and he comes off the ice. Like, that type of respect. It was incredible to watch it at the end of the game. Um, I just wish we were in the building to, to celebrate with the team. Uh, there's a large nation of us that do go to games regularly, and I just wish I was there. So that's all i got to say. Thanks for having me on the air. Yeah, well, we wish you and a lot of people were here too, Darcy, for sure. Well, we wish they were here because make the arena warmer because it's cold. <laughs> it does, it does warm up throughout the game when it's full. Yes. Well, I, it, see, on March 3rd, after Toronto finished the three-game sweep here, mm-hmm. they had 38 points. Winnipeg had 29, and Edmonton had 28. And now Toronto and Edmonton both have 42. Granted, Toronto has games in hand, and Winnipeg has... Now, Toronto hasn't done well. They've only won no. two times since they, well, since that, they swept that, here. But that's... You know, but then again, that's why there, there's so much, so many times people put too much into a two-game or a three-game thing. I remember after they got swept by Toronto, every every article was written said, "Oh, that's it. There's no chance at first place anymore. They've lost their opportunity." It, it, there's no do-or-die games until there's a game where you actually lose, you're out, and it's a long season. Uh, you you put those things behind you, you keep going forward. Uh, the Oilers had a nice run going before the Toronto series. They've got an even better run going since. And right now they're in a stretch where they're playing against all the playoff teams. They're playing Winnipeg, they're playing Montreal, and they're playing Toronto, all the teams that are currently in the playoffs. This is a nice test for the Oilers. The first test was the Winnipeg Jets, and they passed. Now they get to go to Montreal and try against another team that is desperate for points right now that's in a playoff spot as well. So uh, I I like what that caller said. Enjoy this because this has been a fun year so far. The Oilers have scored 116 goals this season. That means $11,600 donated to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers. They're given $100 for every goal throughout the season. Okay, we got to call a quick timeout here. Matt and JP are up next on the phone lines. You'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who banged in the game winner tonight. Oilers 4, Jets 2 is the final. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Off the draw, McDavid in from the right-hand side. Pugliarvi shot, ricochets right to Nurse, fires and scores. Darnell Nurse's 10th of the year ties the game at two. They tied it early in the third. Dreisaitl would score partway through the third. Shore would score into an empty net late, and the Oilers rally to beat the Jets 4-2 tonight at Rogers Place. 
the three stars this evening. Dubois, the third star. Smith, the second star. McDavid, the first star. We'll make Leon Dreisaitl the fourth star for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. Your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca. Well, maybe when it's, uh, you know, more uh, convenient for everybody to feel comfortable going out, uh, Rob, you could meet this next caller at Mr. Mike's for perhaps a nice steak, and maybe you could bring an autographed picture to finally give to JP. Hi, JP. Hello, you guys. How are you guys tonight? Good. I'm, I'm, I just want to say, for, yes, I love to go to nice, a nice steak, a nice rare steak, potato with the rub round, get on the piece, have a few drinks, uh, and shut the place down. That would be the, in my mind, this would, I'd be complete. This would be complete. Get on it's the a date. What? Let's do it. That's it. I'm in. I'm in. Let's go for steak and wine, you and I. Get, read it. Get on the pieces, uh, Liam Gallagher type uh, thing. It's get drunk to get air. Oh, get okay. On get on one. All right. Well, it's after crazy. 11, you don't so have to, you can see You don't it. have to uh, put me on four-second pause or something like this. <laughs> Everything fine. Don't worry. Calm down. <laughs> Keep me talking, then maybe we'll have a problem. But let me get down to brass talk, you two. Let me get down to brass talk. I... Have to say this about my Smith. This guy is the closest thing to Hulkamania I've ever seen <laughs> in the NHL. This guy is fantastic. I love him. I can't can't say enough good about this guy. That's all I want to phone in. Your last caller, Darcy. This guy had a lot of passion too. This guy, I just want to point out, Darcy, if you still listen, you had a lot of passion. I love the call. But my Smith is just a fantastic guy. Great for the room. Great for the great for the team. I can't say enough about this guy. And Rob, listen, I have to have a one-on-one with you just now, if you don't mind. Give me five seconds. Yep, I'm I need ready. Your, I, oh, my God, you're giving me chills. You're giving me chills. <laughs> I need your autograph. We need to uh, arrange a time. I won the prize. Maybe perhaps in the her boss, I won. You can include an autograph, and I will be happy. If you could, this would be... This would be the most amazing thing in the world. Read up. I'm going back to the bar, uh, to my bar, and pouring another ride. You guys have a great night. Oh, you Hello. See you, JP. <laughs> Only- I, I want to go to JP's house and sit in his bar. I think he's got a bar in his. I'm guessing he's got a, a good wine cellar in his bar. Only JP calls into a radio talk show centered around the NHL team in the region that's quite popular and requests a one-on-one. <laughs> It's just, it just did you not? You turned everyone else off, right? That yeah, was just I think everybody I talking, just yeah. turned on the radio for the five. Because he, well, he said five seconds. He said, I need a one-on-one for five seconds. So everybody just probably t- turned down for five seconds. Actually, now I'm hungry. Now I want to go to Mr. Mike's with JP. <laughs> Have a steak. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The Oilers win 4-2. Uh, Glenn, the bartender. Says sometimes I feel like the Oilers fans are like the group, uh, like the groundskeepers in the movie Major League. One day we're all going to wake up and see that we're witnessing a group of players becoming a team, and that is a beautiful thing to behold. <laughs> We've had some good good references and <laughs> what was messages the, what, tonight. What was the guy's name? Uh, was Charlie Sheen? Wasn't he's the guy that came out of the uh, bullpen in Major Ricky League? Ricky Vaughn was that the character's name? Is that what his name was? It was it's funny. Been a long time since I seen it. That was a funny movie. Bob wasn't Bob Euchre. He was the. He played the announcer. Yeah, he was good. That that was that was a really good movie. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Matt standing by. Matt, thank you for calling. Yeah, I just wanted to echo what the guy said a couple of calls ago about how exciting this is, and uh, 
I should just point out, Rob was talking about how uh, there's two or three other teams that are in the division that are similar in Toronto and Winnipeg. And yes, but the reason I'm excited is, you know, we talk about maybe picking up or the need for uh, top six wingers, um, which anybody, I think it would be nice to have. But when I see the Oilers play, I mean, you see a lot of, you know, legacy coaches like Hitchcock and Sutter talking about five-man units on the ice. And when the Oilers are in the, the attacking zone, the one thing I notice is I'm almost always expecting them to go to the to the point to guys like Barry and Nurse. And, uh, of course, they got Bouchard coming. They got Broberg coming. Bear's not bad up there. Even I've, I've noticed even Russell and Larson have been chipping in there. And I saw Lagasin a couple of nights ago do a sort of a spinorama move. So I'm just wondering if the Oilers are approaching the game a little bit differently than some of the other teams out there. I mean, sure, Winnipeg's got Pionk and, uh, you know, Toronto's got a couple of guys. Usually there's the token one or two puck movers. But um, just the way I'm seeing the Oilers approach the attack um, perhaps mitigates the need for those scoring wingers. Of course, we'd like to have them, but uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Well, I do believe that the Oilers incorporate their defense uh, very well. I think the addition of Barry on the back end, uh, there was one shift that he and Leon played give and go. He set, Leon set him up for three one-timers in the one shift. Uh, we're seeing a, co- a different confidence in a Larson jumping up in the play, making plays. This is obviously the best we've ever seen Nurse offensively. Uh, they do have some very good offensively the nhl is going that direction you need to have guys on the back end that can move the puck up the problem that i see with the oilers uh when yamamoto is out of the lineup like he is right now the second line over the last two games not creating a whole lot uh leon is the guy he as we saw tonight when he gets the puck on a stick in a scoring area he puts the puck in the back of the net well he's got nobody right now to get him that unless he's playing with connor leon when he he's the best outside of Connor at creating things and Leon might be the best passer in the NHL but he's playing with guys that aren't goal scorers I mean Archibald's a, a, a great third line player that can jump up every once in a while in your top six but he's not a goal scorer Cahoon uh, he's got what four goals on the season and he's played the majority of the year five five on the season played the majority of the year with Leon and two of those goals came in one game so they need another top six guy, I believe. And if they get another top six guy and all of a sudden you have those two lines that you could throw out, I mean, that would be scary. Uh, but right now they've got five very good offensive players with the emergence of Pugliarvi this year. But I still think they're one guy away. And I don't know if that's something they can pick up in a trade, if that's something they have in their organization. But right now it's uh, a carousel on the, the left side with guys that are coming off the taxi squad trying to play top six minutes. Oilers win 4-2 over the Jets. Game-winning goal for this guy, Leon Dreisaitl. For me, um, you guys are, were coming off of uh, back-to-back losses, one-goal games earlier this week, and now you guys have been able to string together three straight victories, including erasing a 2 nothing deficit tonight. What does that say about your team? Uh, I think that we're resilient. Um, you know, we um figure out different ways to stick around and win hockey games and um it's obviously a big part of of 
making the playoffs. So um, I think we've done a great job of that this year. And um, yeah, obviously we have to keep that going. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Leon, before I get to the game, I just want to ask, you've seen him up close. Can you talk just about the impressive improvement in Darnell Nurse's overall game, but specifically his finish in the offensive zone? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Nursey always had a enormous ceiling um, just by his physical ability and, and obviously he's always had that but I think he's added um, so many things on the offensive side with um, with the puck on his stick and um, you know he's showing it all year um, he's finishing play he's uh, he's um, setting plays up uh, so he's been he's been outstanding for us all year and um, you know, obviously, we're, we're very lucky to have him. You get down 2 nothing tonight, and you didn't give up a lot after that, and, and you kept creating. And, you know, the, your team has maybe in previous times, you go for offense, and that led to giving up the odd man rush the other way. You figured out how to attack offensively, but not be leaky defensively. How? Like, what what's changed? I think it's just a matter of sticking with it. Uh, I think in the past... Uh, we tried to come back from from a few goals by by cheating, um, by cheating on offense, and that was obviously led by um, by Connor and myself. Um, and I think him and I we um, figured out that you know if you stay patient, if you um, if you continue to to play good defense, you're going to get your chances. And obviously, our, our whole team is doing a great job of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we it's just a matter of sticking with it um, and not not trying to change the game plan. Um, you know, when you're down a goal or two. Derek Van Dies, Post Media. Kylie, can you all kind of walk us through your game? Winner there looked like Connor just put it right on the tape where you had a fire at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, just there's not much to explain. <laughs> um, it was a great pass by Davor and um, made it made it easy for me to put it in. And going into the third period, you know, down a goal, did you guys get a sense that, you know, you could come back and just needed a couple of breaks here and there to, to kind of tie this game up? Yeah, I thought we played good all, all game. Um, you know, it's that's it's a really good team over there. They're, they're not going to give you much. They have... Uh, uh, lots of skill they can hurt you so you have to stay patient against a team like that and uh, I thought we did a great job of that tonight again um, uh, like I said before just sticking with it staying patient uh, knowing that we're going to get our chances and um, you know once we once we do get them we have to make sure we um, we bury them Jim Matheson Post Media can you talk to uh, Mike Smith how he made some saves in the third grade one you know, where he gave the puck away and he, you know, embarrassingly said, I shouldn't have made that play and I had to make a great save. But he made the save in the last second of the second as well. We talked about his play. Yeah, those are two huge stops, obviously. Um, you know, if you go go down 3-1 again um, or, or down two goals again, um, you know, that's that's a long way, way to climb. So, um, 
I think we've talked a lot about him. He's he's a battler. Uh, we know that. Um, you know that that comes with his, his his playing style. He's he's just so good at handling the puck that every once in a while, you know, he's gonna give give one up. But we'll gladly take that because he he helps us out so so many times breaking out the puck. So um, you know, he he obviously stuck with it as well. And you talk to us being 39 on Monday. He plays awfully well for it. He plays like a guy who's only 29. He's very, he's very good for a guy who's almost, you know, he's turning 39, the fifth oldest guy in the league. Uh, yeah, he's in great shape. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, he's, again, he, he works works extremely hard, um, battles, uh, great shape. Um, you know, I think he's he's more than capable to, to handle the workload. That is Leon Dreisaitl presented by Mattress Superstore. He gets the game winner. The Oilers beat the Jets 4-2. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Nurse able to hold the zone. McDavid with speed around Shifley. Cross ice, one-timer Nurse, not much on it. Threw it in front, deflected. McDavid, a shot, scores! Connor McDavid's 21st goal of the season that ties him with Austin Matthews for the league lead in goals. He ain't tied with anybody in points. He has 60 10 ahead of Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers beat the Jets 4-2. Here's McDavid. Connor, Leon was talking about uh, the go-ahead goal, the 3-2 goal, and how you you know, you know, put it right on his tape, and it was an easy goal for him to score. But on, it didn't look that easy because he shot it all in one motion. He didn't stop it or anything. Is that one of his strengths, that he, that he can get lots on it without having to stop it first in, all in one motion? Yeah, I mean, he scored a ton of goals like that, so he's obviously figured out... Uh, how to shoot those um i mean the guy scored 50 so um i think he knows what he's doing um and those chances so um definitely not uh not an easy goal by any means he's still a long ways out there and puts a lot onto it and and uh, puts it in a good spot and can you talk to how darnell nurse just keeps pack, racket, racking up the big goals and the points was this offense always there with him you thought um, you know what, Darnell's a guy that uh, works harder than anyone I've ever seen at his game, uh, off the ice, on the ice, um, video, uh, you name it, he, uh, he does it. So um, it's an absolute credit to him um, how far he's come. I think, um, you know, offensively, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe not as, not as strong suit at the beginning but he always had it in him and you know i think he's really starting to to understand uh you know certain plays and and you know when he's getting his chances he, he's putting them away so um you know it's been uh it's been really fun to watch him kind of grow into the player that uh, everyone thought he could be derek fendi's post meeting Connor, I just want to ask you about the confidence of this team and going into the third period down 2-1 to, to be able to turn this game around. With, you know, it's not easy to do against this one, a big Jets team. No, they're a really good team. And, uh, you know, they, they had a good start. I thought we did a great job of just kind of holding on to the game and, and uh, not letting them get to three. And, you know, that's where Smitty steps in. And, and uh, Smitty was great again and, and, you know, kind of let us... Uh, let us work our way back into the game. It took uh, took all night long, but um, you know I thought uh, it was a, it was a, a, a real good team win. And, and when it's tied to, to there, do you just kind of look for a break, like you guys got for the winner, or you guys going out to try and win the game? Like, what's the kind of mentality there late in the third period? I mean, you obviously don't want to give anything up. You want to take advantage of your chance if 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 they're willing to give you one. I think. 
it was a, a nice draw that by Leo that started in, in the D zone. And, uh, you know, Tice makes a good play, Nursey makes a good play, and, and, and Jess kind of gets a stick on it to, to tap it in the middle, and, and you know, off we go on a, th- on a two-on-one. So, you know, you get those chances in, in, uh, in the third period in a, in a tight game, you need to bear down, and, um, you know, Leo did a great job. <clears throat> Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Connor, obviously, you know, every game this season seems to be a little bit hyped because they're all divisional ones. But just the outward emotion from a lot of the guys, you know, tonight after goals, teammates scoring, like, clear, this seemed like a big game for your team. Is, is, is that fair? And is, um, is, it, is it nice to, to be able to kind of express, you know, outward emotion a lot more? It just seems like maybe, yes, he's rubbing off on everybody. <laughs> yeah, Jess isn't afraid to do, to do that. Um... You know, but he earns that. Um, you know, he works so hard, goes to the net hard, makes good plays, keeps pucks alive. Um, he's one of the best four checkers I think I've I've seen in a long time. So, um, you know, he earns those uh, those big smiles. So, um, <clears throat> it's fun to fun to see for for a guy like that who has worked hard at uh, at his game and and you know come back to the NHL and and, and has been great. You know, he's obviously figured this uh, this league out a little bit and. Um, you know, it's fun to watch. Um, yeah. You're 18 and 7 as a team in your last 25 games. Now, that's a pretty substantial amount. That's closing in on half of this season. Uh, do you feel that, you know, like this this is it? Or is there anything, you know, maybe more that you feel your team has, to, like obviously outside of the playoffs, of course, but is this just, is this as confident as you've ever been about your team? Um, yeah, definitely. That confidence, uh, you know, you can just feel it kind of throughout the lineup. Um, you know, we're getting contributions from everybody. So, you know, when you're doing that, it's, uh, it's hard not to feel good. Um, you know, from the net out, guys are, guys are working hard and, and buying in and, um, it's contagious. So, um, you know, we're trying to build something here. Um, obviously a lot, long, long way to go. Um, you know, there's, uh, this division is as tight as uh, as tight as I, I've seen. So, um, and we got lots of, lots of work to do. That's Connor McDavid as the Oilers get their 21st win of the season. They're 21 and 13 now, 4-2 over the Winnipeg Jets tonight. You can get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. So the Oilers travel tomorrow. The five-game road trip will start Monday against the Montreal Canadiens, 3:30. For the face-off show here on 6.30, Ched, the game will start at 5. And, of course, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6.30, Ched, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Ched.